0: bug
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to sure look sure listen the podcast that takes a pop at culture sure look sure listen sure look sure listen sure look sure
0: listen sure look sure listen sure look sure listen sure look sure listen Oh, very exciting, Benjamin. Benjamin, it has been such a spartan and sparse week in pop culture that we've had to make up our own entertainment. (laughs) So we had a little giveaway on Instagram this week. But you know, we'll talk about that in a bit because we have to look at this cavalcade of things about people killing each other. There is, for example, The Kill Room with Uma Thurman and The King of Killers with with the Australian King of the Grill, Frank Grillo. And, Ben, you've seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Killers, Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. Mutant Mayhem, yeah. Yes, I have, yeah, yeah.
1: So should listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough, and it isn't, because it's been Definitely a sparse week.
0: Definitely isn't.
1: Michael, it's going to be a tight
0: 50-minute episode today, because nothing. of our classics. One of our classics.
1: Nothing's happened. It's a tight 50. Give me that or give me death. Oh, Africa. that's why, Ben.
0: It's SAG fault. It's the strike's oh, fault.
1: We're starting to feel it. It's it's it, I tell you what, Michael, I tell you what. what I might what? be coming over to your side and the brave noble capitalist risking it all.
0: Brave noble capitalists risking it all, then taking those chances with other people's money.
1: Nah, fuck the executives. Sag after forever, WGA forever. Good job them. Yeah, well, me and Stephen Put Amell,
0: me and Stephen Amell. we've got a point to make. That was fucking gas with Stephen Amell, wasn't it? What a dumbass. Let's cover it, Ben. Let's talk about it in a second. But first, tell people what the main topic is. (laughs) Michael, it's been 15 years
1: since arguably Christopher Nolan's best film. That's going to get me into trouble, but we'll get into it on the podcast. The
0: Dark Knight exhumed episode is upon us. Oh, how exciting. Mm, Mmm, Barry. You've seen it and I've seen it. We've both seen it, Michael. What a rarity. What an absolute rarity. Ben. Yeah. This week we had to entertain ourselves, so we did know, a big giveaway. Awful. We're very busy boys. Very busy. We're such busy boys. We're, and one of the biggest reasons that we're such busy boys is it's Dublin Comic Con this weekend. This very weekend, Michael will be there on a Saturday. Saturday, August the 12th, Ben. And we had yeah. a little giveaway, didn't we? We had a little giveaway. Yeah, we were chucking tickets at people. Two, no, to precise, two to be precise, to a two. very
1: specific one person.
0: Yeah, two tickets to one person, Benjamin. It was gas though. There was so many entrants. so many entrants. Thank you very much, entrance. Thank you very much to all of the people who entered. If you are now for the first time having entered the competition, listening to the podcast. How are you? Uh, how are you going? He's all right. Yeah. yeah. This is
1: it. This is the podcast. This Welcome. is it. This is it. Yeah. No, it doesn't, it doesn't get, get better. better. No, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> um, and congratulations to joker underscore jester underscore the winner, Ben, of the pod- of the podcast competition of tickets. Yes. At jokers jester. At jokers
1: jester. Well done you. Congratulations. We look forward to seeing you at the con, maybe. Very
0: good, Benjamin. You know what the listeners can do, Ben, to help us? Because we're such busy boys and doing such hard work. We're such busy boys and we're doing such hard work, Benjamin. If the listeners wanted to give us any sort of dig out, what would be one of the best ways that they could give us a dig out, Ben?
1: Well, wherever you're listening, ladies and gentlemen, if you just look at the app that you're listening on right now, it's a bit of an inception moment because I'm talking to you directly as you're listening to this on your phone, mobile device or perhaps your computer. You'll see a little star rating system or something that says write a review. And do you know what the best thing to do would be, Michael? What would it be? Give that little click there
0: Give that little yeah. click
1: there And yeah. give us five stars Four if you're feeling stingy But five preferably Right <laughs>
0: don't, don't give us four
1: stars <laughs> Don't give us four stars I'll find out <laughs> Five stars Full whack please Or give us a little review And just say They're sound lads They don't know what they're doing But they're sound Yeah Fabulous that's, Speaking
0: of people That's a then, Grant Speaking of people who are sound But they don't know what they're doing What's Stephen Amell Gotten himself up to What a fucking dumbass what, did what he do? a dumbass is Stephen Amel. So I haven't followed this. I genuinely have no idea what, what an he's absolute done. idiot. You summarise it for us incorrectly. Stephen Amel, he got himself a bit
1: flustered during the week, Michael. The SAG After Strike is taking a toll on everything. Yeah. Not and everything. It's, it's But everything, Michael. Everything that we do. Is being affected by SAG after okay, the,
0: right. su-
1: the sun and the stars, uh, the tidal flow of everything else, mm. and you know, ev- you know, it's all being affected, Michael, by the, the strong- whims of capitalism trying to keep the worker under its boot. Yes, those brave
0: capitalists, ben, those brave, brave capitalists.
1: Yeah. So anyway, what? Um, he criticised the SAG after strike, not in a, not in an openly direct, like fuck the strike, kind of way. pardon me, fantastic podcasting there, that's the four star review right there ladies and gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) but he basically said (laughs) he basically said that um, that while he supports SAG he doesn't support the decision to strike, he clarified that he supports SAG but doesn't support that decision, Um, he called the strike a reductive negotiating tactic and found the entire thing incredibly frustrating
0: Mm. Yeah. He's on the side and of those brave, brave executives, and naturally,
1: naturally, yes, he's gotten a bit of backlash for that, Michael. Because you really should, if you're a member of SAG, after like he is, probably get on it. You know, don't be, don't be a dick bag, and get on on board. He has since, Michael. In the interests of absolute clarity and journalistic integrity, he yeah. has since come forward and clarified a few of those ideas. Right, right,
0: yeah. Did he clarify so, them by shooting them on notes attached to arrows?
1: No, that would have been that would have been good. That would he have been probably good.
0: He's probably not allowed.
1: Yeah, he's probably not allowed because that would fall under SAG-AFTRA guidelines. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few there's a few updates there, but he he has since clarified, Michael. Um, he, he concluded, I'm simply sad that we don't have a chance to celebrate a show that after all of his figuratively, and I literally broke my back for, at least in the foreseeable future, uh, that we can't celebrate it. I choose to stand with my union when you see me on the picket line. Please don't whip any hard fruit.
0: Mm. Okay, so. so he has a show to promote and he's annoyed that he can't promote it.
1: Yes, he's on Heels, Michael, which is a a wrestling show about Ah, heels, as you ah, might about The
0: baddies, very good. Um, Okay, well, and he broke his back doing that. Oh, he Um, literally broke his back.
1: Yeah, Uh, he said, "I'm an actor, and I was speaking." Uh, extemporaneously for over an hour I emote but I certainly don't think these issues are simple our leadership has an incredibly complicated job and I am grateful for all they do despite some of my terrible early acting work I assure you I'm not a robot it's a little bit of self-deprecation there very good good, Uh, from an intellectual perspective I understand why we are striking but that doesn't mean it's not an emotionally frustrating thing on many levels, for all involved.
0: Look, Ben, I have a lot of sympathy for him because I've been doing a podcast with you for nigh on seven years, and if people held you to account for everything you said off the cuff, oh, 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 you'd be in a lot of trouble. Well, they do, Michael. That's why we're not successful. (laughs) That's that's the exact reason that we haven't gotten anywhere (laughs) ever. A popular podcast. Ben! Uh, Go on. No, you go on.
1: Well, quite interestingly, Michael, the first of the big studio execs has caved. Oh? um, Now, the big studio execs might be uh, a little bit of a stretch, Michael, but A24, uh, art film extraordinaire's A24, have agreed to the demands of SAG-AFTRA and have been removed from striking conditions.
0: Yeah, I don't know if caved is the right word. I think they're very much coming at it from the perspective of, yeah, we were all for it the whole time.
1: Yeah, and I think they were, and now they have agreed to those terms, Um, and so all A24 productions are now no longer subject to striking conditions
0: by sag after. Very interesting, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. And further to that, indie films in general are not subject to sag after strikes.
0: Yeah, because it's not part of the studio system.
1: It's not part of the studio system, so there you go, Michael. There's little trickles and stuff like that. It's quite interesting that A24, arguably the least profitable of any of those studios, it has just gone. Ah, look, it's, it's a
0: fair wage. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. So I got our A24 is probably per dollar spent one of the most profitable because that's, the... well, that's arguably quite true, Michael. Yes. Yeah. 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 But you sure, look, that's neither here nor there, Ben, because we haven't got time to keep talking about the SAG-AFTRA strike because we have one. to talk about. Generic trailers that have snuck out while there's nothing big and better to watch. Yeah, Michael, yeah.
1: Like, The Kill Room. Michael, this must have happened. I'm I'm assuming that certain trailer editors are also subject to the SAG After Strike, because what we got in The Kill Room is one of the most solid casts we've seen in a while. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe...
1: Mangeliano. Joe I call him Joe Joe
0: Joe is there When he's around my gaff Playing D&D Ben I just call him Joe
1: Yeah That'd be nice I wonder when we ever Get invited to the The Joe Mangliano D&D table
0: Not if you keep Manglianning his name
1: Yes (laughs) Very good Come here to me Come here to me What Michael this is the shittest cut trailer I've ever seen in my life Oh go on I couldn't tell you if this movie is going to be good because it's such a slow, drib drab, full of exposition. Yeah. Almost giving us the entire movie trailer. Here's the and film. What do you it's, think it's, of that? It's one of the worst I've ever seen. The music is poorly chosen. The cuts are bizarre. The logic of the entire thing is laid bare in the trailer.
0: It's just weird. Yeah, here's the film. Here, do you like it? Do you want to see more? Do you want to see this but longer? But they tell us the entire film.
1: Samuel L. Jackson, Joe Mangliano, run uh, Mafia, hire a whacker. Yeah. uh, And they need to wash the money. And they rope Uma Thurman's art gallery into it. And they have to create fictional paintings so that clients can hire them and buy a painting. And it all takes off. And that's, that's it. And I couldn't care less what happens as a
0: result of that, Michael. Yeah that's the best thing about it isn't it it's like oh that's an interesting premise I'm glad I watched that short film
1: but Michael this trailer couldn't make up its mind it wasn't a thriller because it wasn't cut like a thriller it wasn't a comedy because there weren't really any funny lines or anything it wasn't a fast paced action gig because there wasn't a single scene that didn't have a fade in fade out slowly what is it what is this fucking film Michael why is it called The Kill Room what a stupid name yeah It's a room where you do the kills I guess Even call it Exit through the kill room Michael Oh very good Like in there's, a gallery There's a name that's, that's free You can have that You can have that And if anybody from the WGA Gets in touch with me First of all I don't live in America Second of all I'm not being paid I'm
0: giving it away Doesn't count He's giving it away He's giving it away Ladies and gentlemen Which is the same excuse He's used with the police Benjamin <laughs> But yeah. Funnily enough Speaking of Generic shit names for films what about this I'll just throw one at you now I'm just going to I'm going to say the name of a film right and I'm just going to see how excited your face is yeah and then I'll report it back to the humans who are listening good are you ready yeah how about this for a film right you ready yeah King of Killers oh yeah he doesn't look oh, yeah. very exciting ladies He looks like he's uh, he looks like he's gone into extravision vision in the 90s and he's just looking at a wall of Hong Kong action films and no. gone King of Killers, City of Fire, Punch Fist. Hmm, no, which one yeah. will I pick? <laughs> now, Michael,
1: if I had gone in to an extravision vision in the 90s and I had seen King of Killers starring Nicolas Cage, yeah, sign yeah, me up. On. Yeah. Sign me up. I will watch. I will watch Nicolas Cage as King of the Assassins. Give me that. Yes. Nom 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 nom. If I had gone into Extra Vision in the 90s and I had seen bloody Vin Diesel, Michael. Yeah, go on. As King of Killers, I probably would have gone, yeah, give me that. Give me that. I'll watch that.
0: Was Vin okay. Diesel doing films in the 90s?
1: He might have been. I don't know. I couldn't say. Right,
0: when on. did Triple X come out?
1: That feels like a 99 2000 yeah, It
0: might have been gig. 99 2000. You, you, you badmouth this film and I'll check. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep
1: out mounting this film. But Michael, I certainly won't be watching this because Frank Grillo is in it with a list of various stunt actors that we've seen in Hollywood blockbusters over the last
0: 10 years. This looks awful. Uh, 2002. Um, it does, doesn't it? I mean, if you know if one of your main actors is noted not an actor, George St. Pierre, then yeah. you, might, you might be in a bit of trouble. You might just be, he's Batrock the Leaper from the Marvel movies. He was Batrock the Leaper and you might remember him for doing a bit of acting in it. Not yeah. particularly good, not notably bad. But By was, the standard you know, of modern MCU, quite good. Yeah, yeah, he was certainly doing a bit of acting.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't know if he should have been.
0: No, I don't you know. know if he should have been. Dude, this is weird, isn't it? Frank Grillo. I think it's too late. I don't think Frank Grillo's going to happen.
1: I think Frank Grillo really wants Frank Grillo to happen, though.
0: Yeah, someone wants Frank Grillo to happen. He just, he has the look. He's got the look. Yeah. Bang on. Yeah. But then, he's just not terribly exciting, is he? No. I mean,
1: so here's here's an interesting thing. He is doing the voice acting for uh, the Howling Commandos Go for on. DC. Not the Howling Commandos. What are they called? The Monster Squad or something I can't remember what they're called But anyway It's Sergeant Rock and the Monsters Or something like that But he's playing Rick Flagg's senior Okay In the animated things So he gets big gigs Every once in a while But he knows James Gunn very well And if there's one thing We know about James Gunn Is you're going to get A good acting job If you know James Gunn
0: Yeah yeah That's one of the best ways To get a good acting job But what's that got to do with this?
1: Nothing. It's just so interesting that he occasionally gets giant A-list work from the likes of DC and then occasionally does this bizarre extra vision monthly rent-a-bin gig.
0: Well, hold on. This is probably a bigger gig than a supporting character in an animated movie that's straight to DVD. Not under the current rules of
1: DC, because if you play them in the animated, you will get a chance to play them in live action. Because James Gunn wants consistency across, and he has already voiced the opinion that he's going to make a live action version of those scary monsters.
0: Hmm, interesting. Um, mm. having said that, though, he's he's a he's a bit he's a sorry. What's the word I'm looking for? Ben, when there's loads of actors in a thing, he's an uh, ensemble. It's an ensemble. He's an ensemble part player. He is, yeah, he is, yeah, 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 yeah. stick Georges Champierre in there with him and have them fight each other. and It's a weird, this is a weird trailer because the first 30 seconds of it or the first minute of it is about him. Yeah. Then it introduces the man who looks a lot like him but appears to be his enemy. I thought and it was then, Joe Mangliano again. So did I, actually. <laughs> There's old Mango himself. He's back, he's back in there again. <laughs> back to back in the kill films. Yeah, he's just, he's, is this a crossover? I thought it was the same fella. Um, and then it's back to, like, generic spy, everyone's spies, everyone's assassins.
1: Michael, there's one moment in this trailer that has me as confused as I've ever been. So, Go on. he goes to a restaurant, Yes. right? He ends up being tricked into a restaurant by Stephen Dorff. Stephen,
0: <laughs> Stephen Dorff's in Dorf. this trailer. Yeah, and he's in his Stephen Dorff <laughs> form, not in his blood tornado form.
1: I know. Every time they don't put Stephen Dorff in his blood tornado form, they will waste an opportunity, Michael. I really feel that Stephen Dorff as a blood tornado is the only way to go.
0: Absolute shambles not to have him as a blood tornado. And, like, you could save so much on CGI.
1: Just bring him back. Bring Stephen back. Dorff Tornado. Hashtag Dorff Tornado on Hashtag Twitter. Hashtag Dorff
0: Tornado. Get it going. Or X. Is it X? It's X it's now, X. Yeah. It's X now. Yeah.
1: So, come here to me. What? There's a moment in it where he has a little scrap in the bathroom with an assassin. Yeah. His missus gets shot. Seemingly, yeah. And then he whips off a fake mustache and says, don't worry, baby. I'll find out who did this. Michael, my question to you is, is that man wearing a fake mustache in his relationship and then not wearing it on his assassining? Yeah, because maybe. if so...
0: <laughs> maybe. He's done that in the wrong order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe his wife was like, didn't recognise him when he takes the moustache off and she goes, oh shit, you were here the whole time. You could have saved me. <laughs> what it's is a- going on, Michael?
1: He's either committed his entire life to wearing a fake moustache so his yep. partner doesn't recognise him when he's assassining. Yeah. Which, to be honest, must be the best
0: face fake moustache in the biz. It must be very sturdy or else they have a almost sexless marriage
1: an almost sexless lack of contact tact tactileless marriage yeah
0: not, just a, run, not a not it not a hookin in the dark
1: not a brush <laughs> no. Rutting in the dark in a fucking sturdy upright
0: spinal position yeah with her flattened in the bed bizarre yeah. My classic God. like america in the 50s yeah anyway look <laughs> i think we're going to finish this conversation and we're never going to think of this again
1: uh, yes, I think that's probably true, Michael. This this uh,
0: looks like a kind of a more rubbish version of boss level. Yeah. Well, boss level is the closest Frank Grill has ever come to becoming a thing, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably true. It nearly became a thing, but then it just wasn't quite good enough. It seemed like a cool concept, but it was only okay. Poor El Frank. Poor El Frankie G. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of the Turtles
1: good man very smooth
0: <laughs> that was a good segue speaking yeah. of living in the sewers Ben have you seen it is any his
1: yeah so Michael I went to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem and fucking hell Michael what a great film oh is it ah Michael this is a top class just fucking thrill ride what a what a joyous little film it is
0: oh very good how exciting
1: yeah. So, first things first. This is in no way catered towards adults. Nobody's like it's. It's not. It's not for turtles fans that grew up with the turtles. It's for kids. Oh, it's, it's for a kids. kids. Film for kids. And it dedicates itself to that wholeheartedly. And the result, Michael, is spectacularly good.
0: What's Seth Rogen doing in it? It's for kids. Um,
1: Seth Rogen is doing it. I think simply because he's a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. Okay. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is one of those very, very fascinating things, Michael, because it didn't start out as a kid's thing at all. At all, at all. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a weird Daredevil parody comic. Yeah. Back in the day.
0: Yeah, back in the 80s. Yeah,
1: exactly. From Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. And Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman were two little edgelords sitting in a basement, making their own indie comics, and people absolutely loved them because it was a pastiche of the kind of ultra-violent era of heavy render comics. That were coming out from Image and and things like that, and it was a bit of a, a
0: piss take on that. And I think I got it predates Image by a good bit, doesn't it? Because
1: it does, it, it, but it also mocks that whole pouches and huge guns era of comics and gritty yeah, well, kind it's,
0: of. It's um, it's X Men, isn't it? It's basically X Men, Daredevil, and like Ninja Dark Knight Wolver- Returns. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Ninja, Ninja Japan era Wolverine some yeah. of that as well. Oh, I mean, the the obvious and the big one is, and we've probably talked about this a ton of times before, but the baddies are the foot clan. Yes. And that's a very obvious pastiche of Daredevil's enemies on the hand. Of the hand. And
1: then you yeah, have, yeah, yeah. yeah, you had uh, Stick who was Daredevil's mentor and Splinter who is obviously the lesser version the of Splinter's the turtle's just mentor. a little
0: small stick. And Benjamin exactly. famously in the turtle's origin, the goo that seeps down into the sewers and mutates them, fell off the same truck that crashed after it nearly hit Daredevil.
1: Exactly. An unofficial crossover multiverse event. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So what's going on in this one? What's different?
1: So, Michael, this follows on from the massive success of the 80s children's cartoon toy line. Um, And they found way more success as... Well, they were hugely successful as a comic book run, but then toy companies and marketing executives got their hands on it and said, oh, this would be great as a kid's concept. Mm.
0: And they translated guys, like, to that. Money? And the money? What's that? Money? Would you like some money? Peter Eastman and Kevin Laird?
1: And in this case, Michael, this is just a beautiful kind of love letter to that early on kind of joyous kid's cartoon. And it comes out great. And one of the best things about this, I think, is that it is finally... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like it's very clear in any of the other properties that you ever watch with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that it's grown men voicing what they think teenagers would sound like and speak like now hold on
0: a second Ben now hold on a second yeah because in the Michael Bay Turtle films Michelangelo is all lechy every time Megan Fox is on screen yeah and if that's not the most teenager thing that I've ever seen I don't know what is
1: I don't think that's true at all Michael (laughs)
0: Um, i was doing a bit then i was doing a
1: bit oh you're doing a bit i see i I see i think that was just i think that was probably just michael bay in a turtle's costume
0: yeah yeah i think i don't think it was one of them was Um, alan richardson
1: yeah he had a terrible time apparently we should get we should do a deep dive on those films sometime michael because they were apparently treated like absolute fucking dirt
0: yeah yeah well alan richardson he's very big so he probably grant. Uh, it was probably fine,
1: but apparently it was awful conditions. But the four turtles this time, Michael, are voiced by four actual teenagers. Gross. Um Yeah, so it was great. And the dialogue they have, a lot of it seems very improvised. A lot of it seems like them having fun in the studio, and they animated around it. And, Michael, it makes for a joyous, chaotic kind of fun fest. It's great. It's such an enjoyable film. The voice acting – sorry, dropped my phone there. Great stuff for podcasting um, – But those lads are having the absolute best time as the four turtles. And one of the things I absolutely loved about this film is they finally distinguish the turtles outside of just this is the angry one, this is the gadget one, this is the leader one, this is the silly one.
0: Yeah, and this is the one who thinks Megan Fox is sexy. And this is the one who thinks
1: Megan... That's the fifth turtle that nobody talks about.
0: Well, that's Michelangelo.
1: That's Lecitello. Lecitello.
0: I don't know if he's necessarily a lech; He's just a bit of a creep Ben <laughs> But yeah Funnily enough though When you yeah. were in the cinema watching this You were texting me Which I just really disagree with I don't think you should be doing that But you're <laughs> away in the cinema folks. But you were texting me And you said I can't believe it They've made April O'Neil not sexy This is appalling I'm going to go and try and get my money back You're some twat Do you That's, know what, that? you That's what you said That's what you said to twat. me by text I have it here Let's just show it <laughs> And then you said here, the the person at the counter wouldn't give me my money back. It was a woman. Coincidence?
1: (laughs) First of all, ladies and gentlemen, I would never text in the cinema. Second of all, ladies and gentlemen.
0: (laughs) Very good. Second of all, ladies and gentlemen, that that is an
1: absolutely fictitious interaction. One of the things that is great about this is we get another turn from... Hot topic of the moment, Michael. A- uh, Ayo Edib- uh, Edibiri. I cu- I could be pronouncing that wrong, but A O Edibiri uh, from the Bear. Many many listeners may know her from the Bear. She oh, plays Sydney the on the Bear. Oh, yeah. uh, she voices April O'Neil, and April O'Neil is a joyous character. There's nothing irritating about her. She's a lot of fun um, as a character. She is a perfect kind of human introduction to the world for them very blunt there are some amazing interactions between them where the turtles have a very idealized view of humanity and april and neil is just like oh no that oh no 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 that's not how that works uh, very very cool reimagining of turtles lore but as i said michael one of the best things they do is they they clear um they they finally clear up the differences between the characters, not oh, only yes. in their personalities but also in their fighting styles. So there's a really interesting scene where all the turtles fight together, and you finally get to see them kind of work through their own styles of fighting and how they take on anything. For example, Leonardo has a very perfected technique for his various forms of martial arts, whereas as you might have guessed, Raphael is there headbutting people and throwing people around in wrestling moves. Uh, Donatello is Using lots of kind of um, gadgets and props around the room to fight and give him a hand, and then Michelangelo is just a very, very dude. agile and slick. It's great; it's it's a joy to watch. This is obviously heavily inspired, Michael, by the Into the Spider Verse and Across the Spider Verse films. Um, yep, yeah.
0: yes. So, this my big question: Is it as good as them? Uh, yes. Is yes.
1: it? Uh, it it lacks the. I would say it lacks the depth in the same way and focuses more on comedy, as we might expect from a Seth Rogen-produced kind of thing. But it still delivers in terms of tight pacing, fantastic action sequences, phenomenal voice acting, and a really decent story that's just fun to watch. Um, Mm. It's the first time I've enjoyed Ice Cube in a a movie.
0: (laughs) Wasn't he good in...
1: Twenty-two Jump Street. He is, but he plays a very silly character. He plays Superfly in this, Michael. So, as I said, there's there's a lot of departures here from from Turtles lore. Now, you, Michael, being the what? avid toy collector that you are, yes, would know that there's a famous character in Turtles lore called Baxter Stockman.
0: Yes, he's a fly. Yeah, and
1: he's he's named after John Car. Or he's voiced by John Carlo Esposito. In this, or in in, in this. In 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 this, oh, he's but, in Michael, this. Okay. The the interesting thing that happens here is Superfly is his son.
0: Oh. His
1: his kind of his his experiment son, if you want. He's he's the thing that he's poured all his focus into. And we don't uh, slight spoilers here, ladies and gentlemen. We don't get that much of Baxter Stockman, but we do get a lot of Superfly. But Superfly is his own character. He's not Baxter Stockman at all. I um, get it here. And one of the interesting things that I found out when I was having a look at the production behind this is, that, Michael, this script that we got is completely different from the original script. So in the original script, the Turtles were in high school trying to make their way through. Baxter Stockman...
0: Turtles can't go to high school then.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Turtles. Baxter Stockman was, this, was a science teacher who wanted to experiment on the Turtles. Yeah. Um, and he became Superfly through that so in a very classic kind of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trajectory but Michael one of the interesting things is the toys were made months before the film was released so the toys had a full lead in so if you track down a Superfly toy it looks far more like a traditional Baxter Stockman in a jumper and a tie than the Superfly that we get in the film because they changed the script almost entirely before uh, before they let the toy company know
0: that's unusual in this day and age
1: it is. It's very unusual in this day and age. Isn't that strange? Yeah, you,
0: you don't see that a lot anymore. You used to see it all the time.
1: Yeah. But,
0: but you don't see it a lot anymore. That's fascinating.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting thing. Uh, Michael, this is a truly joyous film. Um, they take a lot of liberties with Turtles lore and it pays off every time. One of my favourite details of this is... Because it's... You know, when we look at the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles lore and we look at Splinter... In the original cartoon, Splinter is a human man who gets exposed to the ooze or the goo or whatever it is, and he becomes a rat. In this, he's a rat, much like the turtles are turtles, and he gets transformed into a a man rat. Um, And he doesn't learn um, karate in Japan as a sensei. He learns karate from terrible 80s home self-defense videos. Awesome. Is it not ninjutsu? Uh, he learns ah, it's a little bit of everything he he looks at loads of different ones All so right. it's a little bit different so it's incredibly joyous uh, Michael the visuals are stunning the character designs are some of the most unusual I've ever seen um, they really play around with proportions and designs um, but it's a beautiful update for tons of Turtles characters from the 80s and they get a real upgrade and it's it's a lot of fun to watch
0: Fabo Ben yeah Speaking of joyous, colorful, romp-a-minute, fun films, we've watched *The Dark Knight* by Christopher Nolan from two thousand
1: and seven. <laughs> we have, we have indeed, Michael.
0: Michael, Michael, what? What? I'm going to get
1: it? myself. I'm going to get myself lynched by the right. by the gang on the internet here, the Nolan boys.
0: Yeah, the Nobos, uh, but- as they call themselves.
1: This is Christopher Nolan's best. Nobos, is that what
0: they're called? That's what they're called, yeah. That's, oh, I just like made it. that up, so let's
1: go with it. I like it. The Nobos. The Nobos are going to come and get me. But this is Christopher Nolan's best film. Get out of here, is it? This is, to me, this is Christopher Nolan's best film.
0: Benjamin, have you seen 10A?
1: It. It's not that good. I fucking hate this argument. Every once in a while I meet somebody and they're like, oh no, it was really good. And I was like, no, it wasn't. Don't you lie to me.
0: Benjamin, have you seen the film Inception? Yeah, but it's not that good. Have you ever seen Inception, Ben? But there's a dream inside a dream inside a dream, <laughs> Ben. And it's in slow motion and shit. And and Night Shyamalan's in it. I think my favourite
1: thing about this film, Michael, is despite the fact that it is centred around a man who dresses up in a giant bat costume and fights another absolute lunatic in clown makeup, it is the most grounded Christopher Nolan film to date.
0: <laughs> uh, that In some ways, that's a criticism of it. I think that this is a fabulous film. Yeah. But as a pure and simple Batman film, it's not great.
1: Oh, know It's, it's rubbish. A great it's Batman a rubbish Batman film. Batman
0: film. It's not a great Batman film. There's a lot of liberties taken with Batman. When yeah. he's all sad because Rachel's dead and he's like, she was going to marry me, Alfred. Don't tell Harvey Dent. Like, think of the world's greatest detective, you absolute gobshite.
1: In fairness, this is, a, this is a very interesting one here, Michael. So I've, mm. I've long held this as an opinion, but spoilers for a film that came out 15 years ago, hence yes, the reason that spoilers. we are touching upon this as a, an exhumed episode. But the, the central kind of devastation for the character is that Rachel dies
0: and he said, like, where is Rachel whereabouts is Rachel
1: With where things. is Rachel and famously the massive recasting of Rachel from Batman Begins to The Dark Knight from Katie Holmes to Maggie Gyllenhaal
0: yeah yeah we were all there what, we all remember what a
1: switch what a switch what
0: an Now, absolute bonkers switch
1: for, for what it's worth Maggie Gyllenhaal I think does a much better job of being the all rounder female strong lead go on then Katie Holmes did. But the the central kind of devastating blow is the Joker tricks Batman into going to the wrong address.
0: Well, he doesn't. Yeah. yeah, he does. Yeah, I suppose
1: he does. He kind of does. He leads yeah, it.
0: Yeah, he does.
1: He has to make a choice. And there's the famous scene with Aaron Eckhart on the ground. Speaking of Frank Grillo never made it, people. Aaron Eckhart. There he was. There he was. He's there face down in the petrol going, no, no, no. Get Rachel. Get Rachel. <laughs> Doing his, doing his best Christian Bale as Batman impression yeah. to Christian Bale as Batman.
0: Yeah. He's just like, ah, no, not me. Whereabouts about this, Rachel?
1: <laughs> and the thing I love most about that, Michael, is then they fail to get Rachel. So this was, this was huge for me as a, a teenager. Because I saw this when I was a teenager, Michael. Hmm. Um,
0: and you had those Maggie Gyllenhaal posters on your wall at the time.
1: Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere, Michael. Maggie Gyllenhaal in the secretary. Oh, that was the sexy one, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, some people thought it was. Some people thought. It, some people just think anything with James Spader is sexy.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. I I quite like James Spader in anything. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. not in anything, as the case may be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh! As they
1: say in the news, they say. Um. Yeah. So anyway, Michael. Uh, James Spader <laughs> fantasies aside. Oh, were we talking about before the-
0: we started talking about nude James Spader?
1: How huh? oh, Batman. Batman. Yeah, yeah, Batman, Batman. So my mind was blown when Batman outright fails to save Rachel. And I remember going, no, 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 it's a dupe. Because th- before this in the film, Michael, there'd been a few dupes. There'd been a, yeah. a James Gordon's dead. Oh, but he's not. Yeah. And then I think that was probably it for this one, though. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, oh, they're going to do it again now. The Joker's yeah. hidden her away. And he's yeah. going to, no, she just died. Yeah, yeah, she got blown up. No, they just killed her in a shite way. Her her last lines are over a phone call.
0: Yeah, yeah, and she doesn't even get to finish a sentence, which I thought was fabulous.
1: But this is this is a phenomenal step. Again, shit, Batman movie, great filmmaking.
0: So, yes, at the end of the day, Ben, let's talk about the film a little bit. Let's get, let's take a broader view again. Go on. So it's two thousand seven. It's yeah. the sequel to Batman Begins, which yeah. very much is a Batman film. Yes,
1: there's ninjas. And
0: there's ninjas. There's there's uh, Liam Neeson saying, "Look after the core, and the, and the limbs will look after themselves," which is just wrong. That's bad advice. But classic Batman. Classic Batman. There's uh, there's our uh, our old mucker himself, Killian Murphy's in it. He's being Jonathan. He's Green. great. 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 Um, and then you get this, and this pulls the scope out a little bit and says, "Okay, we're not really going to do a Batman. We're going to do a big." Heat esque, citywide crime thriller terrorist escapade.
1: Yes, this is Michael Mann.
0: Yeah, I my name is Christopher Nolan, and tonight, Matthew, I am going to be Michael Mann. Now that's a very niche reference to people who grew up watching ITV. (laughs) Is that this is your life? No, it was um, the show from the nineties where people dressed up as famous singers and sang their songs. I can't the masked singer. No, not the masked singer Ben. It was a talent show that was on like ITV in the nineties, before like anyone could sing. And it doesn't matter. What <laughs> no are we, we talking sing about? In the eighties, Batman. Batman. Then <laughs> Batman was on. So yeah, this is this is just a big Christopher Nolan's attempt at a crime thriller that has Batman characters in it. Yeah, I don't know. Now I've said that, and I don't even know if I really agree with it. I'm, I'm really. I think I'm saying that as a talking point. Go on. Well, t- tell me more. Because it is quite character-driven at the same time. Yeah. And it needs the triumvirate of vigilante lunatic and someone in the middle. Yeah. To, to work.
1: Yeah. The 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 sacrificial lamb, as it were, mm. yeah, in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. My, Michael, one of my favourite things about this is jealous little bitch boy Bruce. Go on. Um. He's phenomenal. I love that he is forced to constantly wrestle with his decision to be Batman. I think, as far as Batman films go, probably one of the better ones at being like, actually, your life would probably be a little bit shit if you were Batman. Because you would f- constantly have to go, I quite like this woman, and would probably like to spend the rest of my life with her. But I've made a I've made a vow. I'm Batman. In I'm fact. Batman. Exactly. And I quite like that. I, I think Christopher Nolan was put on a very early Batman diet of Mask of the Phantasm and 1970s Batman comics. And I'll get into that a little bit later. Okay, But one of the best things there is the triumvirate of Batman, Harvey Dent and the Joker. And again, what a, a kind of interesting climax of ideas. Because I remember when it was first announced there was going to be Two-Face and Joker, everybody went, oh Christ, Schumacher Syndrome. They're going to shoehorn another villain in and they're going to have to work together to take down Batman. We're just going to get another Joel Schumacher. And everybody was bracing for that impact.
0: Is that the origin of the term to shoehorn something in? No, I wish it was,
1: though. That'd be good, to wouldn't
0: just it? Just do what Joel Schumacher does and put more baddies into your films.
1: Did I make an excellent pun by mistake?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very uh. good. Ben, it's not Two-Face, though. Let's be honest. It's Harvey Dent. It's not. Get two-faced.
1: out of here. What are you talking about?
0: What are you talking it's not, about? It's not Two-Face. He, he doesn't gad about the place in a a straight down the middle suit that's different on each side that's Two-Face
1: no he wears his burnt suit from the from the factory floor Michael one half of him was burnt perfectly
0: yeah bullshit that's not (laughs) Two-Face he was not perfectly symmetrically burned Michael (laughs) perfectly symmetrically burned as so often happens when (laughs) bullshit this is a bullshit Two-Face Harvey Dent is a good character but it's like I don't understand how comic fans can get upset about minor changes to their favourite characters and like this use of the name Harvey Dent but, but it's a use of the, the name Batman yeah
1: like. yeah yeah
0: isn't yeah. every adaptation that yeah, I
1: suppose it is. In, in some ways, that's very spot on, on there, Michael. But one of the great scenes of this film is the the Joker conversion in the hospital where he changes Harvey Dent's kind of alignment, to borrow a and d term. Go <laughs> mm,
0: on.
1: One of the great scenes is he, we think he's going there to kill Harvey Dent and he leaves having caused so much more hassle in the long run. Um, and it was such an interesting take on the character that we kind of come to expect, that he goes, you know, I'm the agent of chaos, and he delivers a speech, and, you know, then leaves the hospital, and we have the whole explosion thing, and the various myths around the explosion at the hospital, and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, a fascinating scene to watch one Batman character, one Batman villain, essentially make another one.
0: hmm yeah yeah yeah. It's very much the um the Harley Quinn origin story.
1: Yeah, but with a man.
0: With a man. Yeah. That's the main difference between Harvey Dent and Harley Quinn, that one of them is in fact a man. But it's it's a much better convincing someone to turn into a baddie than any other attempt we've seen of the Joker driving someone mad. In basically any media. Yes. Generally, I think it's probably the, the best
1: don't talk to the joker.
0: Yeah, Seeing we've ever Joker had Joker driving someone mad and turning them into a baddie only works if it happens off screen because yes, if it happens on screen you're like well that doesn't make sense or they have to do a time
1: jump and be like oh I spent months with Mr. J and he That's twisted best. my mind over months and it's like okay yeah. all right. or
0: I was mental anyway
1: yeah, or I was already mental and he brought it out. This yeah. is much better. This is, I am at my lowest point because of a trauma-induced psychosis. Half uh, of
0: me, exactly. Half of me, fire. exactly.
1: I have, been, I have been rent asunder perfectly symmetrically. Mm. What a terrible time for me. But overall, Michael... What? This is a very well-made film, I think, by Christopher Nolan standards. Christopher Nolan, in more recent years, takes some big old leaps. He's like, oh, we'll cover it up with some good CGI and we'll we'll, we'll get some close-up of faces and we'll get a crying male figure and that'll be my film. We get mm. it. We get it in 10A when he's trying to come to grips with the technology and he realises at the end we get two male figures bonding together as they realise what's happening we got it in Inception when Cobb gets to go home
0: or does he or does
1: he Ben because the thing is still spinning oh it's still spinning Uh, we get it in Memento when he realises he's a big old dick bag um, I was the
0: baddie, he says.
1: I was the baddie all along. And we get it a little bit, Michael, a little bit in... Well, I haven't seen Oppenheimer, but I'm sure it's there as well. I'm fairly certain Robert Oppenheimer probably realised, oh, no, I'm the baddie. I'm the baddie. He says, I am become the baddie. I am the become the baddie, boomer of boomers. Um, ben, that's as he says.
0: But in this, the, every now and then you just get a, a feeling that he's gone... Well, well, I, that's it now I've had enough of this Batman shit I'm just going to do a big Christopher Nolan so everybody get on board I'm doing a big Christopher Nolan get me an airplane and a parachute I'm doing a Christopher Nolan
1: Michael there is a scene that I completely forgot <laughs> there is a scene that just did not exist in my mind was the scene the extradition the bats tradition yeah. of, of the 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 Hong Kongese accountant.
0: Yeah, Mr. Lau.
1: Mr. Lau. Michael, every once in a while, he would go too in-depth into the inner workings of organized crime and be like, oh, we have a lot of money and we can't touch all that money. So in order to keep equilibrium among the baddies, we uh, outsource our money to another man, make a super fund, a bit like a vulture fund, and then we find ways to invest it because it's dirty money, you see, because we do dirty it through money. crime.
0: Because we're all baddies, but we've got a fellow in Hong Kong and he'll sort it out for us. Oh, Batman's got him, though. Oh, no. Um, and it's one of my favorite things that essentially
1: Batman is just a trumped up IRS agent at a certain point in this film. And he's like, "I'll, I'll get him. I'll bring him back. But again, it straddles that fine line between a very good Batman thing. Because Batman does operate outside of regular kind of extradition rules and things like that. But it's also a very bad Batman thing because what a waste. Mm.
0: It's interesting as well because this is from 2007, the era when you were allowed to have Chinese baddies.
1: Yeah, you're not allowed to do that anymore because
0: grand bunch of lads. (laughs) The Chinese would have helped Batman if if they made this now. They would have handed him over. No, they would have. First of all, the batty wouldn't have been Chinese. He would have been Taiwanese. Yeah. And, and like, a whole squad of Chinese bat people would have showed up to help Batman.
1: Yeah, that would have been good, wouldn't it?
0: Grand bunch of lads, yeah. Ben. Yeah. The big thing about this, though, look, we're dancing around the topic. Oh, sorry, Nolan. There's there's other Nolan y bits, though. Yeah. There's lots of Nolan bits. The whole chase is so Nolan very nolan the whole the whole
1: conceit of big serious talks about inspiration and the city and things like that very silly michael very silly the whole third act of this film the 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 perilous choice the moral choice at the end you know which boat do we blow up which one are we going to do? Oh, it turns out that the criminals would would sacrifice themselves for the good people of Gotham. Like, that's very Nolan. It's Nolan to very, a T. The big moral Nolan. choice.
0: The only way it could have been more Nolan is if there had been some sort of time travel mechanic. I,
1: I'd say he was only one more movie away from that one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Batman in time. Um, yeah, so very Nolan. But, really. <clears throat> and whether whether... In 100 years, it's going to still be looked on back on as a powerhouse performance from Heath Ledger or not. We'll never know. Because we are still, even though it's 15 years later, it's still too closely related to the tragedy of his, his untimely passing that you can't separate the tragedy of the performance from the tragedy of the man at yeah. the same time. Yeah.
1: Look whether or not it does stand the test of time as a phenomenal performance, I do think it was a very good performance and arguably the best one in the film.
0: No, not however, already. Definitely.
1: However. Who's better?
0: Who's better in the film? Mikey Gyllenhaal?
1: No, there's, there's nobody that does this better. Michael Caine, maybe. He's fun. He's good, isn't he? He's fun in this. His little speech about some men just want to watch the world burn. Yes, that's we that's saw fun.
0: Robies the size of tangerines. I do, I do like. That's the worst mm-hmm. Michael Caine impression I've ever done. <laughs> it's pretty rough, yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Robies the size of tangerines, they eh? were. <laughs> you sounded more like the artful Dodger. I'll <laughs> oh, get yeah. you tangerine rubies, my lady. Oh, we, oh, we burned down the forest in the end. That's how we got him. That's how, that's we, how we got him. We bloody set up a trap and we we burned him alive. We did him for. <laughs> We burned the whole forest down and that got oh, all yeah. the They were all blown. You know what they
1: say? Sometimes you've got to pick a pocket or two and sometimes you have to burn down a forest with a man in it. Um, so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, fuck me, we're not doing well on this episode.
0: Oh, um, that's all the listeners gone now. Come here to me. Come here what? to me. What is it? I'd love to hear some more.
1: There's nobody doing better in this film than Heath Ledger. But Heath Ledger is in a different film to everybody else.
0: Especially Christian Bale. Christian Bale and Heath Ledger are not are not acting in the same film what is going on yeah it's it's with the hindsight and having rewatched it recently look it's a great film it's still a very good film arguable whether it's the best Batman fi- it's the best film with Batman in it oh definitely undoubtedly the best film with Batman in it but is it the best Batman film that's up for debate nah Bat Reeves I, I like uh, Batman Returns my favourite Batman you film. like
1: one thing about Batman Returns
0: do not let yeah, that colour be when, uh, when, when, um, when he's in that little duck and he's like, yeah, ah, gah, 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 gah. that's the
1: bit you love and all about Batman rockets. Returns
0: and all the penguin rockets start shooting into the sky in yeah that's your favourite bit about Batman that's Returns that's my favourite bit of Batman Returns and that's canon that is podcast lore Ben yeah so, okay what are we talking about <laughs> uh, Heath Ledger being in a different film Heath Ledger's a different film Especially from Christian Bale. Christian Bale's still in Batman Begins. Yeah. Christian Bale catches up. Because in the next film, but Christian Bale's in this film. Yes. But in this film, Christian Bale's still in Batman Begins. Yep. Yeah,
1: he's miles behind. He's miles yeah. behind. And I think, you know, a little bit of that was intentional because I think the Joker in this film is supposed to put Batman on the back foot. Mm. I think it's made very clear by the end of Batman Begins, that Batman is something that's going to put crime back. And it's made very clear at the start of this film that crime is suffering as a result of Batman's presence in the city. Yeah. Because they're having a meeting. Our introduction to the Joker is them having a meeting about what to do about Batman.
0: Yeah, and then he puts that pencil up Batman's face.
1: Fucking phenomenal scene. Never going to get over it. Never. I was just like, what?
0: What? Very shocking.
1: Very shocking stuff. Michael very shocking stuff but but yeah
0: yeah no different film they're in a different film but in some ways a lot of the start of it is about Batman's naivete yeah. in taking this Joker character seriously absolutely which is you know ironic I, I think
1: I think one of the interesting things about it is it, it shows a little bit of hubris from Batman but it also shows one of my one of my favorite Batman questions and this probably makes me a bit of a shite Batman fan but one of my favourite Batman questions in general is is Gotham the way it is because it's Gotham or is Gotham the way it is because it's Batman yes go on and by that I mean is does Batman make the city worse by his presence in it is he intentionally creating a godlike figure that makes people want to challenge him Mm. and the argument a lot of the time in logical space is yes
0: yeah yeah. Look he makes got. it
1: worse. Look he is a billionaire. He should just really really pump public funding into Gotham and do what his parents did and make it better
0: instead of running around just karate chopping people.
1: Yeah. And I don't necessarily buy into the there's there's a lot of arguments you know that a lot of people say that Batman is a conservative's wet dream. And it's not that because in most Batman comics it's very clear that Batman is a very empathetic person that utilizes a reputation. We've seen fantastic versions of that in the Justice League cartoon and a lot of Batman comics over the years. We've seen Batman's kind of softer side that isn't just him beating up criminals. But in this film, it's it's the same question but dealt with in a very realistic way. Batman thinks that he's going to be in Gotham for a couple of years and then he'll tidy it up and then the police force will take over. In this, he is forced to recognize that not only does his presence not do as much as he thought it would but it actually makes things worse because the only reason that Joker comes into existence and he states it objectively is because Batman is there
0: yeah well that might not be true though as well, because he's also a big liar he's also a big filthy liar one of my favourite things
1: Michael about this film is that he changes his feckin scar story three times well he tries to do it three times and then Batman is just like shut up
0: shut up I'm gonna punch you (laughs)
1: I <laughs> uh, get him, but one of my favorite things about this, Michael, is again it played with a lot of the conventions that I had come to assume from superhero movies. Like this
0: is this is just pre
1: Avengers, is it? Two thousand and eight. This is no, pre Avengers.
0: Two thousand eight. So this it's uh, it's four years, five years pre Avengers. Yeah. So this is it's Iron year Man year. Pre, it's a year pre Iron Man, or it's the same year as Iron Man. Same year, same year. Yeah. So which it's is funny, actually. Sorry yeah. to go just to cut across you because they keep talking about the MCU the major crimes unit and Yeah, It's really funny watching it with 15 years of the MCU at the forefront of popular culture and they go we've got to take the Joker back to the MCU I, What? What are you doing? <laughs> they don't establish okay? multiverses until decades later What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Is this going to be a crossover?
1: Anyway yeah. sorry Go on But one of my favourite things is this subverted so many expectations I had of what a superhero movie was meant to be, right. um, by which I mean, you know, characters die in this left, right, and center. Hmm. Um, Jim and Gordon, Jim Gordon. Now he doesn't die permanently, or it's all a ruse, uh, a ruse de guerre, as it were, Michael. That's, that's to say, yeah. But in this particular case, we didn't know that, and it had been firmly established that. Christopher Nolan's Batman films don't follow Batman canon. So in Batman Begins, Rachel Ghul dies at the end. He gets chucked off a train. Yeah, he's not supposed to.
0: He's supposed to. He's supposed to be immortal and shit.
1: He's supposed to be immortal and shit. And then I remember seeing that as a kid and going, "Ah, he's not really dead though, because he can't be, because he doesn't die in the comics." But then I had to temper it with, "But mm. this is Christopher Nolan's Batman, which is very serious and logical."
0: yeah, in fact, that's the tagline, isn't it? Why are you so serious?
1: Why are you so serious? because I'm Christopher Nolan is the bit that cropped yeah. out of the poster. Um, yeah but yeah, so it's it's an interesting film. It played with a lot of that. We lost a lot of characters. There's no real clear winner at the end of Batman or of the Dark Knight, because what happens is Batman kind of loses on a personal level.: Like Michael said. Rachel's dead Harvey Dent who he thought was kind of going to clean up the city is dead the city Mm. has lost its great hope and he makes a weird pact with Jim Gordon to not tell people about the villainous Harvey Dent
0: yeah don't tell them tell them it was me
1: yeah which is fine but then a couple of years later Michael we get the Dark Knight Return or the Dark Knight Rises and Mm. that was a shit film we'll do an Exhumed on that another time Okay. But the whole point of that is the secret's kind of being unearthed and it Mm. being the end of
0: Batman. It's going to be the end of Batman and the end of Order in Gotham.
1: Yeah. But interestingly, the end of this one, it's just, it's a grim ending for Batman. Like, there's no great victory at the end of The Dark Knight. No. They stop the Joker, but at what cost, Michael?
0: Yeah, and do, do they arrest him or does he die?
1: He dies... No, they arrest I him. They off. arrest him. Sorry, they arrest, they him. arrest him because uh, I remember the awkward thing is um, that we never get to see him again. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because he was dead. You see, Heath Ledger was dead.
1: Unfortunately, Heath Ledger had passed away. Yeah, but um, Michael, I think this held up remarkably well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very good. It's a very good film. It it's a very by good any film. Standards. A very good film. It's a action-packed, tense, exciting, cool characters, fun scenes. Um is it a great Batman film? Is it the DC Comics character Batman? No, not really. Probably not. Supercop. Not really. And yeah, yeah Supercop Vigilante Man could have been anyone. Could have been yeah. could have made this an Iron Man film. Um, yep. could have been anyone. But it's a good it's a very very good film.
1: And it's it's right on the cusp of Christopher Nolan uh, Christopher Nolan mm. uh, of Christopher Nolan leaning into being Christopher Nolan.
0: No, a, couple of years,
1: a, a couple of years later we got Inception and that's Christopher Nolan going I'm great at this, I'm very good at this and I'll just Everybody keep doing Everybody
0: get out of my way. I'm going to come across here in my linen suit and I'm going to do a big Christopher Nolan. Get me two airplanes. And
1: then from there, Michael, we got full-blown Christopher Nolan and we got The Dark Knight Rises and the logic of that kind of fades away and then Christopher Nolan went off on his little Nolanverse journey. Yeah, 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 yeah. For what he was doing, I'm
0: ben, I'm very yeah. sorry that my Christopher Nolan impression isn't funny, but it's, it's quite accurate.
1: It's very spot on. It was. It I recogn-
0: was- Yeah, I recognize it's not funny, and I know that that makes for not great podcasting. But I'm quite happy with it as an overall bit. Even it's though a it's a very not good impression, because Christopher Nolan's not funny.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, what did you think of Mick's Christopher Nolan impression? Yeah, what did you think of it? Have you there
0: got a better one? There are a one?
1: few ways for you to get ben, in touch with this. What did the
0: listeners think of the Dark Knight? Yeah,
1: night? you can find us on the interwebs at www. No, ben. What?
0: Ben, stop wrapping up. We want to. What did the listeners think of the Dark Knight? Oh night?
1: right, sorry. You're doing. You're doing the. You're doing the inclusion of community bits. Ah. Yeah, Podcasting
0: you know that bit. You know, you did a whole poll and everything. Yeah I did the so poll So Nine Michael. wassies it was, Ben up on the Discord
1: It was me I did
0: the poll yes. so, so Ben Nine wassies up on the Discord Regular contributor and commenter Nine wassies. He said um, "Did anyone else feel Had Ledger not died obviously It would have been a better film Has it ended with the Joker escaping out the window of the police And the final film continued the story uh, Yes Yes Okay. Yes, I actually don't. Funnily enough, I I like my Batman films to not have to have this continuity between them. Okay. I like. Here's this baddie. We're going to introduce him. There's going to be a big thing. Then we're going to deal with him. Then the next film will be something else.
1: Fair. That's that's a that's a nice way to do a Batman film. You'll probably like Matt Reeves' sequel. Oh, I thought. Which
0: I thought your I thought your mic. I thought your mic had uh, gone off there because you just said nothing for like 30 seconds.
1: I was just listening to you respectfully. Oh, I hate it. I just don't do it very often.
0: Um, come here to me. Oh, no, yeah, it's weird.
1: Nine has also got in touch with on what? Instagram and he said, The pencil magic trick. Joker's changing stories about his scars. Heath Ledger, really. Great moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great, great performance in Heath Ledger.
1: Another person got in touch with us and said, sliding down the money speech for me, where he goes, it's not about the money. And he burns it all. It's about sending a message.
0: There was so much money.
1: So much money. Then, Michael, we had a massive glitch on our Instagram. If anybody takes a look at the Instagram in the next uh, 12 hours, there's a weird corruption of the story on thing. When we say another person got in touch with us and said, Joker corrupting dent in the hospital. And for some reason, Michael, our bloody Instagram story went super glitch on this. Oh, I thought
0: you'd done that on purpose. No!
1: This is just a weird thing, because I typed the word corrupting.
0: That is weird.
1: And Instagram took it seriously. Bizarre. And then, good friend of the podcast, Stephen J. Cadwell. Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell, I might add. Actual doctor, Um, yeah. He got in touch with us, and he said, The opening heist and Jim Gordon's reveal at the end of the chase. Um... So yeah, great stuff. If you'd like to support Stephen J. Cadwell and his opinions, he's just released a little circus movie. You should go and check that out. I might stick it down below. Yeah. Or just type in Stephen J. Cadwell's circus movie.
0: Down in the description, yeah. Yeah,
1: we probably will. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, get in touch with us and tell us your favourite moments. You can get in touch with us on the interwebs at www.shomerbeug.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com You can... Sorry, you can get in touch with us as well on Instagram at Shaluxianism Podcast. in English yep very good uh, we're also on ACAST these days ladies and gentlemen we have a fancy little listenership website um, where you can get up and, and check us out on ACAST there uh, we're also on Twitter but we don't use that a lot we're on TikTok as well at surelooksherlisten
0: sure Listen, yeah,
1: yep very good and ladies and gentlemen the best thing you could do for us if you enjoyed this episode and I can't imagine you did because it wasn't a great episode but the best <laughs> thing you can do ladies and gentlemen is go give us a review <laughs> <laughs> that's it for most ladies and gentlemen if you're around Comic Con on Saturday the 12th of August ladies and gentlemen do get in touch with us I'll be dressed as Spider-Man in a yep. bloody pink uh, robe you can check that out Oh,
0: very very good very exciting. I'll be dressed as me most likely unless we come up with something at the last minute
1: yeah we're going to have to put our noggins together and come up with that but that's it for most ladies and gentlemen bye 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 see you next week